0: It's time for JT the
1: Brick.
2: Morsillo scores! Jonathan Morsillo wins it in overtime with 17 seconds to go. What is going on? I don't understand this. This is supposed to be a Stanley Cup product period all the time that we're out there and i know there's injuries and i know you're not going to be at 100 full strength i get all that but come on
0: jt the brick
2: out for stone here he comes working left side he shoots he scores mark stone he wins it in overtime this is supposed to be a one seat Two seed at its worst. Really disappointing to see the play of the Vegas Golden Knights, who I pulled for to win. Really disappointed. They need to wake up. And now here's JT the Brick. Welcome in everybody on Raider Nation Radio. Bobby's birthday. Bobby runs the show. Been with me since 1996, and he just played the. I call it the Angry Golden Knights Open. He must have went into the file there as uh, we begin the show. There. Let me get you an update on Tiger Woods. He's one under. He's one under par through 13 holes. He's playing outstanding, and then he steps on the 14th tee box and shank ones. He just shanked one like you were playing at a local muni, and he hit it completely left, and he's in the trees, and he's in big trouble. Tiger was playing beautifully all day long. Uh, biggest moment in the tournament right now as Tiger is one under. He's 190 yards in the trees, in the trees from the hole here. I, I think he needs to take his medicine and just chip out, but he's looking down the fairway like he wants to take it through off the pine straw and do something. I'm telling you, when I tell you he's in, he's behind four trees. The you don't see trees like this in Vegas. We don't have any trees like this. So I want to get you to this shot as we begin. I want to get some Masters calls because any Raider fans play golf other than me and a few guys. Come on, man, Raider Nation. Anybody got any clubs in their car playing this weekend? I am. I'm playing LVCC, Las Vegas Country Club, Saturday, with a bunch of Modellos, which I'll have with me. So, biggest shot of the tournament for Tiger now. He's on the leaderboard in 10th. He hits it out of the woods. He's looking at it. So, he got it through the trees. He's staring it down. He's staring it down. And, Tiger, where does he put it? He puts it on the back of the green. An amazing shot. Tiger hit it through the trees, a forest, came to the back of the green and rolled off about two, three feet. He should easily get up and down. He should get up and down for a par. That'll keep him at one under. A leaderboard, Scheffler three under, Willett three under, Smith four under, the leader four under, and Tiger one under. Let me tell you something. Right out of the gate, Tiger makes the cut. Weekend's incredible. You got Saturday, Sunday in Vegas, wherever you live, watching the Masters and Tiger Woods. But he's got to come home. He's got to finish this round today. So we'll hear that, what amazing shot. Just hit it off the pine straw through the trees. So we're ready to go. We're brought to you by P.T.'s. I'm having breakfast with the P.T.'s guys tomorrow, which I love to do. P.T.'s, best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m. I mean, half price drinks, midnight to 2. Do what I do. Leave your car, get an Uber, have your significant other drop you off and go take an Uber home. You get half price drinks. And you can get together with your friends as Vegas doesn't close. Unlike the Bay Area that closes and L.A. closes at 1 a.m. Not here in Vegas as we have a great weekend. Uh, Raider news. Nothing. Right. Like I choose not to do a Raider show like over the top Raiders if there's nothing. And I'm not saying that everything's great. Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. I mean, the rest of this team, everybody that they brought in here, everybody's going crazy. Brandon Bolden was on NFL Network. Uh, Vernon Butler coming in. Jonathan Hankins re-signed. Brandon Parker back. Nick Mullins, Garrett Gilbert, your backup quarterbacks. Devontae Adams, the big deal. I choose not to do uh, over-the-top, come up with fake topic Raiders Radio. I don't have to. I talk to Masters, the Lakers, the Golden Knights, the Aviators, and I lead with the Raiders if you have something you want to talk about. So it's all good. It's all good. No need to get crazy. No need to call in screaming and upset. You were doing that to me a lot last year, right? You were doing it on the post-game show when they lost to the Bears, when they got beat by the Bengals, when the Washington Commanders came in. You were taking it out on me. This is like pre-summer, JT. We're all friends, man. We're getting together. We're drinking Modellos. No need to get angry. Dave Ziegler, who I'm going to interview, I think, next week, Uh, Dave and Josh McDaniels went out and they put together a new roster and they kept some players and overall they're sitting bringing in new players and they don't have a draft pick to the third round. So that takes away a little bit of the fastball of the NFL draft in Vegas. Not that it isn't going to be great. Matter of fact, someone told me something I forgot to tell you yesterday, which is going to be great. Now Raider fans can take over the draft and not have to pay attention. You can just party. You don't know, have a draft pick till the third round unless they trade up, which they can because they have players they still want to trade. I'm, I'm guessing they want to trade a couple of guys maybe so they can move up. But let's assume the Raiders don't pick until the third round. If they don't pick, you can just get a beer. You can go outside and drink. You don't get arrested here. You'll have to have a beverage on the strip. You'll be able to walk on the strip with no cars on it with a Raider jersey or a Raider T-shirt and just sit there and toast your Raider brothers and sisters, and you do not got to worry about a draft pick. (laughs) You just buy a Devontae Adams jersey and just go up and down the street and have a good time. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun for Raider fans. Uh, Tiger just chipped on and blew it by the pin a good seven or eight feet. Wow. Tiger was right there for par, and uh, Tiger just blew it by the pin. He's going to have some work coming back here as he's one under. So there is a big story today, breaking news in the NFL, and it has to do with Brian Flores' lawsuit. And a couple of other coaches have joined the lawsuit. According to ESPN, lawyers for Brian Flores, who's suing the NFL for racial discrimination in its hiring practices, added two more NFL coaches to the amended complaint today. Steve Wilkes who was the Arizona Cardinals head coach for one season in 2018 and Ray Horton an NFL assistant uh, since 1994 who interviewed for the Titans head coaching job in 2016 are now part of the lawsuit. And this is a really big deal because at this point it involves sham interviews. And I told you, I thought the New York giants conducted a sham interview with Brian Flores when they hired Brian Dayball. And remember Bill Belichick, accidentally texted Brian Flores instead of Brian Dayball congratulating him, and Flores went into the interview knowing that he didn't get it. Flores' attorneys allege in the amended complaint that the Texans retaliated against Flores by removing him from consideration for their head coaching vacancy. That makes sense to me. He should have been the head coach of the Texans. Also, this lawsuit was filed in the Southern District of New York, you watch the show Billions. That's the Southern District of New York. And as for, among other things, increased transparency in the NFL hiring incentives for uh, hiring black coaches and increased visibility for black assistant coaches. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Lawyers say that Wilkes was discriminated against as a bridge coach, a bridge coach who was not given any meaningful chance to succeed. Wilkes was 3-13 in one season in Arizona, before being fired and replaced by Cliff Kingsbury. Lawyers wrote that while Kingsbury has been successful, Mr. Wilkes, given the same opportunity that was awarded to Kingsbury, would have been just as successful. So this is getting interesting now here and what's going to happen. And the Cardinals put out a statement, the decisions we made after the 2018 season were difficult, but as we said at the time, they were entirely driven by the best interest of the organization. Wilkes returned to the NFL this season as pass game coordinator in secondary Carolina, and this is interesting. Now, the most important thing here is that there is a white coach who's involved who is talking. This is really important, Raider fans and NFL fans. The Tennessee Titans hired Mike Malarkey, who was white, for their job, and Horton left to be the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. He's since retired. Malarkey, who's been the team's interim head coach for the final nine games of 2015, said in a 2020 podcast that the Titans owners told him he was going to get the job before they completed the interview process, including interviewing two black candidates. Malarkey's comments, part of an interview with the Steelers Realm podcast, were in uh, response to a question about his regrets during his career. They're now using that as evidence, that podcast. Now, I host podcasts for the Raiders, and I have my own podcast. And someone told me in the industry, they said, JT, just because you're not on radio and you're doing a podcast, and on my podcast, you know, I I use a little bit of foul language. I get a little bit loose. But anything I say on a podcast can be attributed to me. And for malarkey, Tiger missed the putt. Wow, bogey for Tiger. Tiger missed a little cupcake. Give me. He missed a little baby six-footer, and Tiger gets a bogey after a great shot. Tiger Woods is even par, even par, which I'm good with. So now that a white coach in Mike Malarkey is saying that Amy Adams Strunk and her family, the ownership there, came in and told him he was going to be the coach before they went through the Rooney Rule, ladies and gentlemen, that's the whole thing I wanted to give you in the monologue. You cannot, in the NFL, hire a white coach and have no intention of hiring a black coach and bring in a black coach for an interview. I've known many African-American coaches in my lifetime. Recently, Willie Shaw, the interviews I've had for the Woodson podcast, Tom Flores' assistants. I talked to Fred Belitnikoff this morning, former coach with the Raiders. Rod Woodson, who has coached in this league. Anybody you talk to when it comes to coaching just wants to have a fair shot. Not not everybody thinks that they're going to get a job as a head coach. But now the Titans are brought in with this lawsuit because a white former coach is saying, yeah, they told me I had the job before they started interviewing the Rooney Rule candidates. This is now another ugly black eye for the NFL. This can't happen. It looks like owners... Not our owner, and Mark Davis, the connection to Al Davis and Marker is incredible when it comes to minority hirings. We know that. We don't even have to bring that up. But what's happening around the league now, Stephen Ross is in Miami, and the accusations are he told Brian Flores to lose on purpose for 100000 a loss. So he's involved in the lawsuit. The Giants and the Mara family, one of the great ownership groups in NFL history, they're being brought into a lawsuit for a sham interview with Brian Flores. And now Mike Malarkey has brought the Titans organization into this conversation here. Now we have the Washington commanders with Daniel Snyder being accused of skimming off the top for local ticket revenue and not sharing it with the other clubs on top of a bad culture. So you have multiple teams around here. Oh, oh, and let me throw in, let me throw in Jacksonville quickly. Jacksonville who was drooling all over Urban Meyer. Remember that disaster? Urban Meyer didn't know anything. Urban Meyer was humiliating players. The white coach, the white coach who never coached in the NFL as a head coach, and Byron Leftwich didn't get the job, and they just hired Doug Peterson. Now, Doug Peterson is a white coach who won a Super Bowl. No problem with that. But how come the Jaguars didn't hire Eric Biennemi or Byron Leftwich? So the sham interview needs to come to an end in the NFL. Needs to come to an end. And what's going to happen is there's going to be some fines here. Mike Florio's writing about it. Uh, Brian Flores' allegation of systemic discrimination against black candidates, particularly given that the team had just fired a black head coach in David Culley after only one season. And the reason why the black head coach in and Houston got fired is because they didn't handle Deshaun Watson correctly, and they threw in the talent, didn't even compete. They were able to bring in Lovie Smith for the head coaching position. But there's a problem in the NFL. So the NFL has a big PR problem again today, in the month of April, as the Masters have begun. I'd like your opinion on this topic, and maybe the way you want to jump in is talk about how the Raiders do it correctly and what the Raiders do that's right, which other teams can learn about. If you're a high-profile minority candidate and you go on an interview, you better make sure you go last. That's the only thing I think is going to fix this. You know, now they're giving away draft picks and they're making the NFL have mandates. You have to have a minority or a female candidate there because everybody's failed the Rooney rule so badly that we're back to square one again. I'm just a white guy behind a microphone. I tell you that all the time. I've never seen color in my life. If you know me, you know that because of my parents and my grandparents where I grew up in New York, and that's always been my life. But there are other people who see color, and they discriminate. And if I'm an African-American candidate, which I'm not, I just demand that I go last. Don't bring me in for the first interview. You're full of crap. Don't bring me in. Interview everybody else. Interview the white guys. And then bring me in at the end and let me try to steal the job and get the job. Because the sham interview has been going on since leather helmets and discrimination in this league before the birth of the AFL and the merger. And fortunately, this organization is based on the principles of Al Davis not seeing color and being inclusive. So Raider fans should feel really good about this conversation. Really good about it. And uh, I'd like your opinion because this is a very inclusive fan base, as we know, on what's happening. A monster story today. Monster story here in the NFL. I just mentioned you got three or four owners who are all under attack, who are all lawyering up. And it's an NFL that has 32 owners. You got four or five owners in the NFL who are meeting with lawyers today about hiring practices. I think that's a really big deal. 702-365-9200 is the the number to get through. Vance Mueller will join us at the bottom of the hour. The former Raider running back, fullback, special teams player, blocked for Marcus, Bo Jackson. Okay, really cool career. One of my favorite guys to introduce at private events. Just a really personable, once a Raider, always a Raider guy. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour, and we'll talk about that. Uh, Tiger Woods prowling but in trouble here. He's just hit another bad shot here. So Tiger looks healthy. He's getting around the golf course, but he's got to get a birdie here coming in. Got to get a birdie coming in here if he can get the job done. He's playing really well, but just a couple of strokes. And he's walking with his driver, using his driver as a cane as he's walking the fairway here. If you're watching the Masters and you have a pick, let me know. I picked Xander Shoffley yesterday to win. We told you about PTs. True Rewards new member signups are happening now. Stop by any PT's Tavern to join the Best Rewards program in town and you'll receive free slot play when you're in base points there and I told you about the happy hour there. How the hell did the Golden Knights get blown out last night? As Vince Lombardi would say, what the hell's going on out there? How did the Golden Knights have a no-show? Cover of the Las Vegas Review Journal today. Playoff climb grows steeper. Canucks score five unanswered goals to end the night's win streak. And they're wearing those gold helmets again. And they're coming out there and they got nothing going on. We begin with Jack Eichel, the bonus baby, the future of the franchise, getting VGK off to the quick start. Here's McNabb. Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores! The third rebound goes for Eichel, and the Knights take a 1-0 lead. Dan Duva on all the calls there if you want to jump in on that if you're a Golden Knight fan. And then Peterson got hot late as Vancouver just started piling it on, and VGK just looked tired. They looked out of it late in the game. First, a turnover by the Knights, and a goal, it is scored by Peterson.
1: A giveaway by the Knights after they won the faceoff, Martinez... Thought he had an opening to just rifle it up the left boards, but it was knocked down, and
2: Vancouver scores eight seconds into the power play, 5-1 Canucks. And then finally, you know, Vegas tried to make a little run late, but they just couldn't get anything by Vancouver's goalie, and VGK loses a critical game. I mean, the position they're in right now, everything seems to be a must-win situation. Here's the final call at T-Mobile. Burrows gets a shot off from out high, and it goes across to the far boards. Final seconds tick off, and this one's over. Vancouver earns its first
1: regulation win against the Vegas Golden Knights in regular season history.
2: Knights Radio, a win would have moved them two points ahead of L.A., the Kings for third place in the Pacific Division, and a guaranteed playoff spot with ten games left. Now VGK is in a really rough spot here going forward, and you got to feel like uh, everything's a must-win. They would have jumped Dallas for a wild card spot. Instead, the Knights made their climb steeper. The Kings' cushion was extended to four points. The Stars kept that one point edge in the wild card race with three fewer games played. So, this is a big deal for the economy of Vegas the bars, the restaurants, hockey, the weather. I mean, everything that's happening out here, getting people together. We really need this team to wake up. Peter DeBoer after the game knows you got to burn the tape from this one last night because here on out, they can't perform like that again.
1: You you just want to flush it. I mean, uh, nothing really good to say. We got what we deserved. I didn't think we gave ourselves a chance to win that game, you know, right from the first period, the way the the game started. And uh, yeah, it's disappointing. But, um, you know, we've played some pretty good hockey lately and we've got a rebound here quickly we knew we weren't going to win every game the rest of the way in so uh
2: we dropped an opportunity tonight we gotta get back and make sure we get this back on track on saturday one more for peter DeBoer, who might not be back if you miss the playoffs i mean vgk's got a lot of injuries there's a lot of excuses built in we know that but he's got to make sure they don't have another game like last night where they didn't show up and do anything right
1: for sure that was an issue, but so so was ten other things. We didn't exit, we didn't enter, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't do anything well tonight.
2: All right, so we want to hit on that. Raider fans, I have Hall of Famers call me live on the air, former players, so you're welcome to call in too. This is open for any Raider fan streaming our show anywhere around the world who has something positive to say. I, I broke out the monologue talking about systematic racism for head coaches. And the chargers that are out there. It's the biggest topic in sports. Again, some days I, I try to remind everybody about you know being on the radio longer than almost anyone in the building that we can't pretend to be a flagship radio station. We can't pretend there's only thirty-two flagship radio stations. Every day we gotta be at our best. We got advertisers, partners, you know, flagship partners here and the Raider fans who listen, and I don't got three co hosts. I don't got three other guys patting me on the back. It's just me and Bobby. Today's Bobby's birthday. If you're a regular and you call in, wish Bobby happy birthday. He's the heart and soul of the show. 702-365-9200. Cameron Smith now 5-under. M, 4-under. Scotty Scheffler 3-under. And the round is getting away from Tiger Woods, who's now even and could go one over if he doesn't clean up this hole. Not that that will be the end of the world for Tiger, But there's a whole bunch of guys who haven't golfed yet today, and we're seeing five under, four under, and a bunch of three unders. So Tiger needs to stay around even in that realm there and not sitting in the crowd. Tiger is 30 yards off the fairway with about 1,000 patrons around him as he shanked another shot into the woods. Come on, Tiger. Pull it together pull it together for all of us this weekend as we open it up and some good news about our draft coverage coming up here as we have a couple of remotes we're going to announce and a couple opportunities for you to see us on the strip uh, during that uh, great draft weekend as we open up the show here so 702-365-9200 the monologue brought to you by Remy Martin team up for excellence that's what Remy wants you to do a higher level As they team up with Raider Nation Radio, they want to remind you that when you're celebrating any of your team's victories, make sure you celebrate with a Remy Martin cognac, Remy Martin VSOP 1738 and XO are all teamed up for excellence. Are you Remy Martin team up for excellence and wow, what a beautiful text I just got uh, from Fred Belitnikoff Jr. My sister Tracy's birthday today too. Wow. I put a lot of time and passion into the life of Tracy Belitnikoff, the late Tracy Belitnikoff, and the impact that she had on the charity work of the Raider Nation. So uh, Fred Belitnikoff, Angela, everybody, Freddie Jr., the entire family, prayers to Tracy. As always, we are always thinking of Tracy Belitnikoff on this show. 702-365-9200, Masters underway. I'll give you the leaderboard throughout the show. We got a Lakers hit. Later on, next hour, also Dave Gosher will join us, broadcaster for the Vegas Golden Knights. Panic time with me, baby, with VGK. Absolute panic. People have told me for years, I do much better radio when I panic. So I guess I'll panic when it comes to hockey here. What a day. The weather's fantastic. Great weekend ahead of us. Thanks for listening to The Flagship.
3: This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: So here we go on third and goal. Jacobs is a running back. Motion is Renfro. He's looking at Renfro. Fires to him. Touchdown! Jackpot, baby! Renfro went in motion and Carr wanted him all the way. It was the only receiver Derek Carr even looked at. How about that? Yeah, Renfro was locked in last year, locked in in a big way. Waller was injured. You know, Zay Jones, they didn't have a Devontae Adams and Renfro had a big year. Hoping he has even a bigger year as he's not doubled as much and he gets open inside the red zone. JT, back with you. Our alumni legend segment as we look back at the draft is brought to you by M Resort Spa and Casino. We're still in the 80s with former running back out of Occidental College. Round four, the 103rd pick in 1986, my friend, Vance Mueller. Vance, good to talk to you again, buddy. How are you? Hey, JT. How you doing? Great. We can't wait to hear about your draft story before we get into your career. Walk me through it. The conversations I've had in the last two, three weeks have been amazing Walk me through Occidental College and when you were thinking about the NFL and what the path would look like. Well, you know,
1: obviously, JT, coming from a small school, you just never know if you're really going to get drafted, if you're just kind of on the board. But my junior year, I started having a lot of teams come by and then uh, had done a few workouts. But my senior year, I had done, you know, some some workouts at the Raider facility, some workout at the Rams facility. And so I kind of felt like, hey, maybe there was a chance I was going to get drafted. But I thought, you know, if it did, it would be way down the board for sure.
2: So what was happening at that time with you, with your workouts and these workouts where certain teams were interested in you, what your role would be? Obviously, as a back, but special teams, a physical special teams guy who could be a short yardage back and have some pop. What were you hearing when some of those conversations as you were thinking about the NFL?
1: Yeah, you know, different types of things. In the end, you know, the Giants were real interested in me, and they were looking more as just like a pure fullback type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the other teams, because I was a track athlete as well, I think they would look at me to be like a kick returner, maybe third down type back, catch some balls on the backfield, uh, maybe third down, fourth down specialist and that type of thing. So I thought, okay, kind of a jack-of-all-trades type of guy, I think is where everybody was leaning
2: so, with the Raiders recently, before that coming off a Super Bowl, what were you know from the connection in California, born in Tucson, out on the West Coast? What was your perception of the Raiders leading up to the draft? I mean, you could have been drafted five picks later, three picks earlier. What what was your mindset about the Los Angeles Raiders coming into the draft? Well, I mean, I was really
1: hoping that the Raiders uh, were going to be a possibility because. Uh, I had done a couple workouts with them, and uh, Mr. Davis came to my last workout and had a really good workout, and I thought I really couldn't have done any more than I did at that workout. I ran a fast time. I caught every ball that was thrown to me. I thought, all right, that workout went great. But the night before the draft, I actually got a call. My dad got a call from uh, the Giants, and the Giants said that they were going to draft me in the third round, so I thought I was going to the Giants. And uh, so I thought I was going to be playing fullback. And then on draft day, uh, the third round goes by and I didn't get picked. And then back in those days, ESPN only did three rounds. So right at the end of it, it went off. And like the next pick or the next pick after, I got a call from Mr. Davis uh, and said that the Raiders had traded and, uh, and picked me in the fourth round. So I was ecstatic.
2: So you got the call. Vance Mueller's our guest. You got the call from yep. Mr. Davis. Now, I've talked to a lot of individuals. Freddie Belitnikoff said Mr. Davis had a contract on the field for him after the Gator Bowl, right? He had a legendary game. Oh, I'm ta- I am talked to Mike Ciani, who said he was in a phone booth when he got a call. I got ca- Other guys have told me I was out working out. I was in my dorm. They called me in. That's the first phone call you had with Mr. Davis can you go back to it and remember it, Vance? Is it something you look back on even even today?
1: I can tell you, it was the most incredible experience. You know, Oxy is a small campus. We have about two thousand kids. We were all in my fraternity, the ATO house, <laughs> watching the draft on ESPN, and it all it just went off on TV, and uh, and everybody was like, "Oh man, you didn't get drafted," and it was incredible. Because uh, I had given the, the phone number to our fraternity house, <laughs> to the Raiders, and they called. And then it was on the phone. Somebody answered and said, hey, I don't think it's a joke. I think Al Davis is on the phone. Amazing. <laughs> and amazing. So I walked over there, and he's like, uh, Fonts, this is Al Davis. Would you like to be a Raider? <laughs> and I'm like, heck yeah. And, you know, it just the whole house went crazy. It was amazing.
2: All right. First recollection coming to camp or after signing your contract, first opportunity to be there with the great players. Give me the room. couple of guys you're around, roommate as a rookie. What was it like when you came to the L.A. Raiders as a rookie?
1: Steve Strahan from Boston College was my roommate. He was a great mentor and a great friend. Uh, still close uh, these yeah. days. Yeah. I I I remember being overwhelmed when you see the Howie Longs and uh, oh my Jim Plunkett and the Matt Millens, and you are just like oh my gosh, I am in the big time right now.
2: Vance Mueller, as we wrap it up, uh, a Bo Jackson story, uh, a story about practice and physicality, and you know putting your head in the hole there. Some of the linebackers you mentioned, Howie, and what was it like with the Raiders there? Raiders had a lot of tough guys. And it's L.A., the backdrop of L.A. I'm sure you're asked about this all the time. I've never asked you. 1986 in Los Angeles, 87. Drugs, violence, Hollywood, music, uh, everything that's happening around the beaches. What was it like in L.A. in 1986? They make movies about that era. Uh,
1: They do. It was incredible, you know. uh it was the beginning of the culture of rap music was getting started and it was all around us and every day new music was coming out and everybody was listening to it. Uh, they would come, you know, all the different artists would come to the games. Uh, you know, we had tons of of artists who loved the Raiders, obviously NWA and Snoop and all that were there. And, uh, But it was incredible, you know, the Hollywood stars, you know, Wagner used to come to the games and Arnold would come to the games. And, you know, it was just uh, it was quite the experience in the 80s to be playing pro sports uh, in Los Angeles.
2: It's a great story. It's a great career. You're always around. You're always coming around this franchise. Uh, Once a Raider, always a Raider. Tell me what this organization means to you today as we get ready for the upcoming draft. It's part of my family. The Davis family
1: has always been just outstanding to me. It's always been a classy uh, organization. I'm always proud of my association with the Raiders. I'm always proud uh, of Al Davis because I mean, not only a great football man, but just is such an intelligent person. And I think the p- thing that people always have this image of him of just being this hard-nosed, shrewd businessman, and he was, but he was also very charitable. And he was a very giving person and very interesting person to talk to. And I feel so blessed to have got to know him and had some conversations with him.
2: Thank you, Vance. Good to talk to you. I couldn't wait to tell your story or be a part of it and interview you. And I hope to see you soon, uh, either after the draft. I'm sure you'll be up at camp here in Henderson. And uh, you're always around the alumni, so I hope it's sooner than later. Hey, J.T., thank you so much. Hey, go Raiders. You got it. There he is, Vance Mueller. Appreciate that. As he comes on as we continue to tell draft stories so you get to know, you get to know the Raider Nation, the former players. And Vance is around a lot. Another guy that they bring in, they fly in, and he's here for events. He's here for signings and just really accessible. Nice guy. Had a great event with him that we did with the Veterans Center out on Boulder Highway with Jerry Robinson. And sat down and really got to know him even a little bit better. Fantastic. A lot happening at the Masters now. Tiger is even on his famous hole. Okay, so Tiger Woods is on the 16th par three. Uh, Let me get you this shot very quickly. Tiger at even par today. Uh, Pin location in the back right. Tough pin location. Tiger hits it. Uh, Tiger puts it, not bad, about 20 feet in front of the hole. So Tiger will get another look at birdie as Tiger is even. Uh, seven Oh two, three, six, five, Alex in Vegas. Thanks for calling the show. Appreciate it. JC, my brother.
3: Uh, it's Alan. Um, hey, Alan, thank you. I out of class and I read all these articles, um, regarding the NFL and the whole racial Brian Flores investigation, mm-hmm. Where there's smoke, there's fire. There's certainly something going on and I hope it gets resolved. I, you know, I, I hate to see this and me as a Raider fan, I'm fortunate to have never have seen it with the Raiders. Like I tell you time and time again, the Raiders have been at the forefront of hiring the best people for the job, regardless of color, sex, gender, et cetera. And that's what makes me most proud of being a Raider fan. Um, now, I do have a question for you, JT. Uh, I live on the south side of town, mm-hmm. and my side is beautiful. I, I love the south side of Vegas. You live in Summerlin. Mm-hmm. I've been there a few times. I, I think it's beautiful. So I'm not really sure what Libby's talking about this gross Part of a desert that is Las Vegas. Fill me
2: in. Yeah, and Bobby, thanks for the call, Bobby. Bobby, do you have that? Do you have that sound bite ready from Libby? If you tell me in my ear, Bobby, please. If you have it, we do. Okay, so Libby Schaaf, the mayor of Oakland, after the Raiders left to come here, uh, Libby just destroyed Oakland as a sports town single-handedly. Libby Schaaf, and she's a, a woman, and she is a mayor, and I have respect. Uh, But I have no respect for her as a politician. I do as a person. I have nothing to say. She's a terrible politician. So the Warriors moved to San Francisco. The A's are a mess. The Raiders moved. And here's Libby talking on local television about what's happening when it comes to that fake, phony Howard Terminal A's story, that just that ruse that's going up there. And she takes a shot at us here in Vegas. It's gonna be more complicated and you've got to be much more environmentally focused when you are developing on the precious California coastline than in the gross desert of Las Vegas. So yes, it's more complicated and it's totally worth it. (laughs) I saw that shade. Uh It was slipped in there real quick. Okay, we got it, we got it. (laughs) And that's Libby giggling calling the the gross desert. Now, I'm not a big fan of the desert either. You know, I like golf courses. If you take a desert and put a golf course, I'm good with that. I live right by Red Rock. If you want to go hike Red Rock, it's fantastic, okay? She is right. The pristine coastline of Northern California is much more precious than what we have here in Nevada, period. I will not argue with her on that. But when she said gross and she started giggling and she started laughing, it's incredible. And what's incredible about the Bay Area politicians is they all get voted out of office, quickly and Libby's been there for a while and the amount of jobs that have been lost because of her in sports the amount of revenue being lost because of the Raiders being gone the A's the A's play in front of nobody anymore and Libby has no vision of how to develop the sports community up there and increase revenue and to do what they do here in Vegas I posted a picture on my Twitter feed from three years ago three years ago the other day and the stadium wasn't even a third complete. If you go to JT the Brick on Twitter, you'll see the photo. And we've already played two seasons in that stadium, and three years ago it wasn't half built. So we do everything fast here as a political environment to get deals done. And politics here in Vegas, look, you want to go back to the mafia days and all that, go to the mob museum, see how things got done. But if you see how things get done now with the local uh, laborers, 872, the casinos, the unions, how they're able to build these skyscraper casinos on time. It's because we don't have politicians getting in the way. So that's about the most politics I'll talk. You know, I don't talk politics unless politics gets into sports. And Libby took a big shot today. Big shot today at the gross desert here in Vegas. How about that? If you'd like to comment. I don't want to do a Libby show today, man. I don't want to do I don't even want to ever talk about Libby. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Uh, Tiger is putting for birdie here. Let's see if he can get that birdie here. Got one more call here we can get up here. George in the OC. George, thanks for calling the flagship of the Raiders. How are you?
0: Pretty good, JT. How about yourself? I'm
2: doing good. Thank you. I want to I wanna comment
0: about the uh, great Thompson you had on the show mm-hmm. uh, two days ago. I have met this gentleman on various occasions at SWAT meets, at Oakland, and every time I spoke to the man, he always
2: talked about Let me stop for a second. One second. Tiger Birdie, he drained a 20-footer. He drained a 20-footer. Tiger for Birdie, an immaculate Birdie. He raises his club and he pumps. There's a fist pump. Tiger Woods goes to one under with the Birdie. Go ahead, please. No worries.
0: And I was saying that I'm glad that he's getting a, he has a job as a coaching, because when I met him, he's, his his uh, dream was to coach. He even mentioned that he wanted mm-hmm. to coach for the Raiders, and yet he's another gentleman that also deserves recognition to the Pro Bowl.
2: I mean, yeah, the Hall uh, of Hall Fame. Fame. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's probably the most he's probably the most underrated Raider of all time. Probably yes. Greg Townsend, because Plunkett, who should be in the Hall of Fame, Jim's got a lot of fame. You know, Jim's got a Heisman. He's got Super Bowl MVPs. He's a brilliant human being. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Phil Villapiano's on NFL Network constantly. He's an actor now. He gets a lot of fame, a beautiful person. But Greg Townsend, the all-time Raider sack leader, what's fascinating about him is the league has forgot about him and the impact that he's had as a potential Hall of Famer. So when we hear Steve Wisniewski, Lester Hayes, Phil Villapiano, Greg Townsend arguably is on the short list for the Hall of Fame, and I'm happy. He got pretty emotional when I talked about it with him, and especially his comments about his friend Cliff Branch.
3: Exactly.
2: Thanks for calling, well, buddy.
0: Nate, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank
2: you. you. I appreciate it. We might replay that tomorrow on a Friday. We had him on Monday. Most people missed that. If you didn't see it, it's not up yet. We'll get it up at Raiders.com. Tiger just made a – remember Tiger's made some iconic putts before on 16. Remember with the Nike logo falling in? Vern Lundquist on the call. So Tiger, who's had a kind of a rough ride today, even though he's playing around par, just gets to one under. And Tiger just hit a great putt, and the place roared. So the leader is Smith at minus six, Emmett minus four. Scotty Scheffler, who's won three tournaments coming in, is minus three. Willett minus three, Berger minus three. So all we want to do is see all we want to do is see Cameron Smith now at 6 under. Man, what hole is he on? And this guy's throwing darts. Puts another one on the green here. So he's he's on 17 and he's 6 under. If Tiger can end the day up with one more birdie and get to 2 under. I mean, this will be the talk of the town. Tiger Woods on the first 9 even par and now he's got a bo- bogey and a birdie. On the back nine, he's hit 8 of 11, excuse me, 8 of 12 fairways. So Tiger's doing okay here. Let's see what he does here. It's it's a couple holes left here as we get rolling. Opens up a phone line for you, 702-365-9200. Uh, 211 Steel Reserve on the flagship of the Raiders. Thank you.
0: What's up, JT? Hey, JT, um, look, man, it's, it's, it's sickening what's going on with the NFL. I can't believe that stuff like that's going down. In this day and age, especially the times we're in, but I, you know, it, it needs to be resolved quick. And uh, like the caller said earlier, uh, it makes me proud to be a Raider, a, a Raider Nation member, and uh, that we we uh, we don't, you know, we've been on the forefront of that. So, um, as far as living, man, I, I mean, you see, that's part of the issue with California and why we've lost so many businesses to other mm. states, man. Uh, California is awesome; our coastline's beautiful. i was born and raised in Cali, man, but it took my it took my team, my, 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 my team to go to another state
3: mm-hmm. to
0: come up and be competitive, not just on the field, but be more competitive in an a stadium, and, and give the, the nation, the, the, the fans, something that we could be proud of. And it was never going to get done in Cali, no matter where we were at. It, it was just hard. It, it was just hard, and we got it now. And she can say what she wants, but you know what? You've lost two teams on your watch and potentially a third one so she can say whatever she wants to say. I- I'm happy where my Raiders are at, and I'm kind of glad it went down the way it did. I would love to be in Oakland, but you know what? I can't dwell on the past. I'm moving forward, man. Raider Nation, how if you can hear me.
2: Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't know this, especially new people that listen to the show. I've commuted to Oakland for 17 years of my career. Commuted to Oakland. And a lot of people always said to me, JT, where do you live? I live in Vegas. And I've lived in Vegas. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. My entire run for Fox in L.A., I commuted to you know, ten of my seventeen years up there. I love Oakland. I don't have to prove that to anybody. I mean, you get people that listen to the show know how much I loved Oakland, the biggity biggity oh, the town, Raider rallies at Jack London Square. I loved it. How many nights did I spend at the Oakland Airport Hilton? Love it. Tremendous. Rickies? Sitting in the back room with Ricky's in San Leandro? I proved my love to Oakland. Problem is Libby and the politicians up there are terrible in sports. You got some politicians who care more about important things to you, important things to other. I've never seen a road not completed, unfinished with potholes or brand new because of a football team. I've never seen of a hospital being held back and not built because of a sports team. I've never heard of any of that. But people in Oakland spin it that way. Like the world comes to an end if you you move a billion dollars around and you help a team stay there. And now no one's gonna go to Oakland for sports. Hopefully they go there for great food and other events in the Bay Area, and great. I wish the Bay Area nothing but success. We got a lot of our streaming listeners up there, and Libby Shaft is not one of them. I hope Libby's Wi-Fi is down and she can't listen to her nemesis, JT the Brick.
0: I don't have an answer from tonight. I mean, obviously you talk about the future. I don't that's for us all to figure out. I mean, you don't know what can happen in the next, you know, few weeks.
2: LeBron James on the demise of the Lakers. Guest coming up next. Kevin Arnovitz, who's from ESPN.com and ESPN the magazine. Really high-end NBA insider in LA where the news is news is bleak. News is bleak for the Lakers and everybody's trying to figure out what they do next. I don't have the answer. I know there are people thinking that LeBron played his last game in L.A., and there are others who know that Russell Westbrook has to be moved. We'll have that conversation. Tiger just hit a nice approach shot on 17. He's about 15 feet away for birdie. So Tiger's one under. Uh, Cameron Smith is your leader at six under par. Uh, weather is ideal. Chris, blue skies today at Augusta National. We'll be able to talk about the Masters also tomorrow. Going to my first Nighthawks game tomorrow. With Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorney. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right, and we're going to the game with them tomorrow night. So, my first time going in and seeing arena football since I used to go see the Outlaws and Vince Neal. I won't comment on that. I won't comment on that debacle, but I had some good VIP access back in the day, sitting with Vince and post game with Vince. And a couple of people, that was interesting. I was the voice of the XFL Outlaws Would He Hate Me. And now I'll go see uh, some arena football here, indoor football. Looking forward to seeing that. And uh, getting out to Henderson from my home. I'm taking a helicopter out to Henderson. And then I'm going to have an SUV take me all the way into Deep Henderson. And I will be there tomorrow night with a rare Deep Henderson appearance. Coming from the mean streets of Summerlin tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that as my wife hits the road and she goes to Mom's Weekend at the University of Oklahoma to visit my son, who's now a junior. Wow, where has that gone? He's a junior. And my other little freshman at ASU who rarely returns texts or anything, I just think he's having the time of his life, like I did as my freshman year in college. Tiger prowling, he's using his club as a cane. It's the only thing different that's kind of different to see Tiger today. He's walking with his club on his right side, assisting him because of the car accident in the leg and what's been going on with him there. Scotty Scheffler, hottest player on the tour, is 3-under. He has a really good shot at a birdie here. We'll keep an eye on his score. We'll hit on the Lakers at the top of the hour. Also, Dave Gosher will join us, the great broadcaster for the Golden Knights on VGK. Uh, tomorrow, I will have a bucket of Modelo's absolutely we're hosting a really nice remote coming up from Modelo on the strip the day of the draft before i anchor the raiders draft thursday on the radio we'll tell you about that an official cerveza of the las vegas raiders if you're gonna buy me a beer raise it up buy me a Modelo, and i'll buy you one back